<sighs> what a blessing. What a blessing we get to share. What a blessing that we come together in this way to remember our true nature and our true identity. The wholeness, the love of God, our divinity. So grateful and so thankful to consciously be saying yes to our ascension. So grateful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to declare our willingness to be on this ascension pathway, this pathway of awakening. So grateful that we are choosing to release all false identification and to see not just ourselves, but also our brothers and sisters as they truly are. So grateful to cultivate a clear view. This is the purpose for which we come together. What I know is that in the mind of the infinite, it's already accomplished. And so we allow it to be. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Wunderbar, as they say in Germany. <laughs> well, uh, let's just do a quick check-in. Does anybody have anything that they'd like to to bring to the table before we jump into the rest of our curriculum today? Anybody have anything they'd like to share? All right, I'm not seeing anyone raise their hand. Uh, so, oh, Angela? Yes. Yeah, um, good to see you, Jennifer, and everybody. Um, I just wanted to uh, bring to the light that I've been having some, I've had a t some tension with one of my friends, and it's like you can feel there's something unresolved and there's something that I feel a little on guard with the friend and it's been so insightful and educational to um, to feel like yesterday I was on the side where I had offended the friend and what I could feel is I wasn't quite at the point where I was completely willing to say something I'd heard you say, which feels like I'm so, you know, I'm so sorry if what I've done has offended you. And, uh, and, and what matters is that our relationship is paramount to all of this other stuff. And it was like I wasn't quite there, and yet I was willing to be authentic and own everything. And what I could really feel, actually, in the midst of it was being on the other side of how it might have feel for my husband at times when I am really upset with something he's done. It's upset me. I don't like it. And yet, 
he's kind of like this, you know. That's kind of the best I ha I can do, you know. And that's where I was, kind of like, it's not personal, and I don't know how to tell you that. It's not personal. I'm not trying to hurt you. But that's where I was. I was more like this. <laughs> um, and so I just felt like I'm I'm curious why I'm why I wasn't so willing to be more like oh don't you know I was more like <laughs> so I just want to bring that up because that's just something I'm working through and learning so much about being on kind of all sides of the taking offense. So. Well, you know, that's that's really rich uh, because, and I, I think we can all relate to it. I know I can. You know, Luke can relate. Yeah. So there, there are just, there are times when someone's offended by what we've done or said or not done or not said. And we and we have this huge heart of compassion for them and then there are other times when it's just like okay you're offended i can talk about it if you would like sure and you know what there are also times when people are upset by their interpretation of what is going on and the meaning they've made of it and they'd like to blame us for it and i know i still feel this sometimes where i just feel like oh god i really find this tiresome and there's my personality would like to just say look i can talk about this i don't mind talking about it i just have to say I am tired of this pattern. You do this a lot. And I'd like you to stop. Because it is tiresome. It's a burden in our relationship. Constantly having you become upset. I really, I, it's wearing on me. But I've not said that ever that I remember. But I've definitely felt it. And I felt like, in a sense, it's, it's like a, a, a boomerang saying, oh, you're offended by me? Well, let me just say, you are tiresome to me, or you are a pain in the ass to me. And your offense is, something I just like you to figure that out by yourself but I I've never felt that I'd like to say that to someone I just allow myself to feel it for a minute you know until it moves through and then I come back to myself and then it's going to be unique to each person because some people have the capability to process things quickly and well and with assistance and some people are going to stick to their experience and it's going to be a big drama 
And so the more we clear our inner sanctum of and take out the trash, the more we are able to recognize the wiser path. So we're, we're able to recognize what's codependent and what's compassionate. So obviously, you're not the reason she's upset. You're not, and you know that. And you don't want to take on the responsibility for it, but, and, and maybe you do, or maybe you don't wish to help her with it. You know, some people make it so hard to help them that you really, your personality just says, you know, I think I'm just going to say that's too bad and walk away, you know, and let them process on their own because I really, I don't feel like doing that right now. Carla? Hang on a second. You didn't get unmuted. Let me. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. So this is like perfect, exactly what's happening right now. Even with my roommate, is that I had to learn, not that I had to, I'm just words, I'm sorry, to learn to be so diligent with my mind. Right now, something's going on that's like, my mind wants to go, oh, this is that, this is that, this is something that I'm like, no, every few seconds, I refuse to do it. I am determined to see it. Please help me. It's, I don't know if this is, this, I'm not trying to tell you anything, but this is where I'm at. I'm, I apologize if I'm taking away from what you're talking about, but it's for my learning. It's for my growth. It's for me to choose to be determined with my mind. And I am determined. And I am not going to sway myself. And I'm not going to do, do so. But I'm allowing myself to feel how I feel. And it's okay. And I cry a lot. And I'm a crier. And I've been crying like, this, so cry, I think I'm crying over this at person. It isn't really, and I've known it for like two months. Like, it's not about that. It is never about that. It's about, and I don't even have to know what it's about. But I have to like, what I, what I'm, what's my part is to let go of, just let go and not even worry about fixing it. Just let go. Sorry, let me go on. But I mean, this is what I've been doing, like trying to every few seconds, but and my mind's telling me, oh, you'll do this for an hour, but you'll forget tomorrow. And I'm like, I am not. I'm not. I'm not. Maybe for a minute, I forget, but I'm gonna, I'm not gonna do it. It's not gonna happen. So I'm sorry. I think I had to come out, and I knew I had to come out, because the very first words you said in your prayer was like, uh, about sharing, about, I'm like, I'm not talking about this. I'm not going to say this. This is not happening. I'm not bringing this to MLC. <laughs> Here it is. Here it is. Here it is.
Yeah. Yeah, we're, we're all having these things come up because this is our desire is to weed the garden. And this is our ascension pathway. It's a, a garden weeding pathway. And there are times when it's tiresome. There are times when it's uh, it's whatever it is. And I, I think Angela, what you're what you shared about your husband is incredibly significant. And this is the kind of ahas that we begin to have as our awareness clears, as we really are willing to see what's helpful, what's truthful. Then we can see things like this. You know, it's been a wonderful discovery for me that my sister-in-law and my brother are both eights on the Enneagram. And so, now I see how they will react the way I used to react. And they'll do things and make statements the way I used to do it. And of course, I'm still seeing my own reactions, uh, my eight personality showing up all over the place. But now when they do those things, I can have a level of compassion, not just for them, but for myself seeing them do the behaviors that I used to do that would create so much turmoil in other people. And now they're doing it in a sense to me. And I can hold firm that I, I don't have to interpret it the way they intended or the way I would have interpreted it. Now I can just really truly just see it as a cry for love. And so the, the appropriate response to a cry for love is compassion, loving compassion. That's what's healing. Codependency is not loving compassion. They're different. And so we have to stay rooted in love in order to not become dysfunctionally compassionate, which is codependency. And that, that's a training. That is a training and it's not the same all the time. So just what I felt in what you shared, Angela, was a resentment. That the, um, there was an underlying kind of resentment to her that she was um, making these accusations. Would you say that was true? Yeah, it did feel a little bit burdensome. But yet I knew she was feeling my energy, so I wasn't denying it. Or, um, But I wanted her not to take me personally. It's like, I'm, I'm having a cry for love. You're getting offended by it. And now who's going to be the bigger person? And... I'm saying in this moment, I really was being authentically kind of where I was. And that's, I'm not, I said it wasn't masterful, wasn't genius. Yeah. It was me, honestly. Um, but it's really difficult when someone's upset to say, don't take me personally. But it was so great for me to feel that way 
because that's what I'm saying about my husband. Exactly. Why take me personally? Like, and so what I what I was feeling was what's worked with my husband is not to actually go into the thing, take it all apart, and talk about it. That's why I'm kind of like, that's the part of chalkboard fingernails is like, that doesn't feel helpful. But I was saying very clearly, I am willing to offer these feelings up. I am willing to offer up the tension for me. I'm willing to hear what you'd like to say. I'm willing to hear how I have affected you, how you received me, how I felt. I'm willing to hear it. And I am, you know, I think I did at one point say I apologize that that's how the energy was received. And yet I wasn't willing to go much further than that because I, what I could also feel, and this is what I've learned in both the times, was there was like suggestions coming at me like, well, next time you could do this and then I wouldn't feel this. And I was like, don't manipulate me. Don't tell me how to be. Like, that's infuriating. And then I thought, oh, God, this is amazing to feel on the other side. Like, don't make me be something so you're comfortable. And I was like, oh, wow. That running through your veins and your being is very powerful. So, yes, very, very helpful. Um, <laughs> so, you know, and sometimes it can be really great with someone that, well, with, with some people, you can actually say, you know what? I can see we're both really triggered about this. And obviously, we care about each other. We'll work through this. But I'm not feeling right now is the time for us to talk about this. So I just love to say, I love you. You're important to me. Your feelings are important to me. Working this through is important to me. But now does not feel like the time. Would you be comfortable with us saying, let's connect later today and decide when in the future we could talk about it or let's just table it for 24 hours and then I'll connect with you or you can connect with me tomorrow and we'll figure out a time this week when we can come back and talk about it. Would that be okay for you? And, and that's my growing point because that was the part that felt a little further from my being, but I was, we did shift the conversation, which was like back to friendship rather than this thing. And that's great. Yet in the end, I, you know, in the end it was resolved actually. Um, but I noticed what I basically brought this up to say is I still have an interest in holding my position because I felt it. And that is the thing I'd like to bring up and own and just like open up to a higher possibility. Yeah, so, and even saying something like that in the actual moment saying, right now I can feel, I, I'm, I've got a limited perspective. You know, I feel like my ego's in the way and, and I, I don't need to put that on you. So I just like to clear that out and then have us come back 
when I, you know, when I feel like I can just totally be in my heart with you because you deserve that. You know, so there are different ways that we learn to authentically express based on what is it we'd really like ultimately. So right now in this moment, my personality might want to throw my coffee in your face, but, and say, you know, you, you make me sick. It's all your fault. And I hate you for this or whatever. But if we can actually say, okay, my long range goals are what? with this person and this relationship, you know, because there might be, as we're walking this pathway, there might be where we're just like, oh, oh, I see. This is where, this is where we're going to take a hiatus and I'm not going to take on your stuff and you're not going to like that. And you're going to remove yourself. And I just need you to know that, I, I wish you to go with love and blessings, and it's okay. <laughs> you know, there's all different kinds of experiences that we have, but what it feels really, really strong here is for that you got to feel this energy that is the experience you think your husband is having of you sometimes. That's to me feels like what it's all for. Yeah, it's another experience of what love is not for me, which has been the way that I'm learning what love is or what loving is. And the way my husband seemed to have handled it was it's your problem. I don't think he meant that negatively, but like I can't help you basically. And that's how I honestly felt myself responding in a way. Yeah. And I have found that over time it has been helpful to me to help me actually go within and learn and not be able to manipulate him to get what I want because that didn't ever help. So it's kind of like now I'm back in the situation reversed and how would I have wanted him to be with me that was loving but not, as you're saying, codependent and yet acknowledge me like I'm dying here, you know, like help me. Um, and I didn't feel very capable of that. So, or I wasn't choosing that. But anyway, that's that's what I think you're right. It's just. Yeah, because, you know, for if you're in a relationship with someone who's not doing this work, it can feel like abandonment to them. If you're not, if, if you're not going to take it on with them, if you're not going to go to the mat with them on it, uh, I, that's how I used to feel like, oh no, this has to be resolved now. Now it has to be resolved now because I feel so threatened now. I, I can't bear if you, I, I will feel abandoned and then I will hate you for abandoning. That's how I used to interpret many situations like that. And it does feel like what you're describing with Crispin uh, was in the past, you would have felt that kind of, it, it, it would have triggered us feelings of abandonment. 
that you're in this relationship by yourself. He's not helping you. But obviously you picked Crispin for a reason. Does anybody else have anything they'd like to share in relationship to this? Robin? Oh, it's just my own story, so I, I, I'll let other people speak towards this. Because it's, it's also my story as well. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I, honestly, I, I think it's everybody's story. Yeah. 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 Well, all of our stories are, yeah. They're a uh, tapestry. Yeah. Many colors. Anybody like to share, Elena? Just like to share something in relation to this a little bit. Um, it's in my relationship and uh, it happened two weeks ago and I probably the people who know me now know that my biggest trigger is when people yell at me coming back to, to my childhood and I I noticed that this belief that I can forgive anything but not people yelling at me and then uh, of course I picked partner that does it from time to time mm -hmm. less than in the past and so it happened just in the Easter morning, going in the car. He asked my daughter to pick up a cable somewhere in, in home. And I say, well, just go, go yourself because she has her nails done. She just wanted them to dry, you know. And she got just, just like a tree, a bum explosion. And uh, so what happened after, usually this, this, what it happens, usually it takes me, like in the very, in the past, it could take me one month to come over this really literally one month be really like sad depressed not being able to speak uh, just like um really feeling badly so this time and this time it's happening so i'm in the middle of it and we're in the car so he's driving i cannot even escape so it's like here and i'm literally looking at myself so I'm reacting. I say, just stop the car. I would like, I don't want to be in this situation. I don't want you, you to yell at me, you know, and, but I don't add anything. Like, you know how it hurts me and you know, my childhood, I didn't say anything like that. I was just like, stop. I just don't want to be. So he doesn't stop, of course, but he stops healing. Uh, so, but it's like, maybe it took three minutes for him to come more or less to come down. I'm still. And my reaction is still going, like my body is reacting, I'm crying, I just started crying, but I don't, any, don't do anything out of it. So, okay, you heal, I cry. So, you know, you know like, that's my reaction, that's, your, that's what you do, that's what I do. And then, so we're coming to my parents-in-law for Easter, I'm literally coming in with my eyes red and like, and again, not judging myself, like that's my reaction. So I'm not, not going to the room, just simply and letting it be, <laughs> saying hello, but like I came down, I come down in half an hour approximately found something creative to do. And what, what I realized that after all of this happened, I was not like, I somehow, I think I, I came to to point where I'm forgiving it now. Like I said, okay, if it happens again, I'm, I obviously, I mean, I also could not stop myself 
he doesn't like what he triggers him. It's when I say something between him speaking to kids and then I come in and I say, no, that's what triggers him. And I can understand that. And I thought like, okay, I don't judge myself. Obviously me, although I'm doing so much spiritual work, I'm still doing this. And you obviously still cannot, you cannot change yourself. You're helpless. You know, because he came, he said, Elena, we can come. He was like, he didn't literally help say sorry, but he was in his tone and everything. He was like, well, let's talk about it later. And uh, later on during the day, I was like, it took me maybe all in all 40 minutes to come to peace with it. And I was not feeling any, uh, like I didn't have any consequences like headaches or extremely bad mood or depression afterwards or me blaming him and shaming him or making him feel bad, which I have a big, 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 uh, like, um, amount of tools to make him feel bad. Like, you know, make my face, make me feel. So I didn't. And you know, what came through my mind in the whole story, it's like, it's probably the only way he can heal himself. Like I didn't really, like I was honestly forgiving and saying, okay, if it happens again, like I, I don't want to live in the, in, the, in the house where it's happening every time or every day, but like it happened last time, probably nine months ago. And so I said, like, if it happens again, I will, I am okay with it, you know? Like I will, you know what I mean? It's like, it's totally different. It's very, it's really new area for me because I, for my whole life before I was always thinking that I have to keep myself out of people being aggressive with me. And it was like my the purpose, the goal of my existence just to, and of course all of those people were attracted to me, like, you know, and, um, so this is what was happening to me. And this is new. It's maybe not the end of the story, but it's very new and very, it felt very, very healing. What, what I hear you saying is that uh, you're not interpreting it in the same way. So if it happens again, uh, yeah. you can handle it because you're not making the meeting. Of it. I see that it's not my fault that he's healing. I see that, he isn't, he doesn't want so. He just can, essentially, he is helpless against this. He's, his temper, he's trying his best. He's not doing it a, a lot, like in the past. It's not almost, almost not at all. It just happens to him, like for, with every other person from time to time, we get this. And so I was able to forgive it to him, like, okay. I'm not living in this if it's every day, but just not going to make a big story out of it. And I didn't feel better afterwards. Yeah, that's not taking it personally. Yeah. New lesson. Yes. Yeah, that's victory. Big victory. And say again, how often did it used to happen, Elena? It was quite often. I mean, he's just like, he's, um, he's a six, by the way, I found out. He's not an eight. He's a six. And uh, during spiritual counseling training, I was in a room with a, with a six. 
And she was literally sharing to me, like, you know, when this, she said it to me, I didn't even hear what she was saying, but it was as if she was hurting me. And then they just hit back. And I was like, oh, yes, this is his reaction. He doesn't even hear what I'm saying. He's just caught, I mean, his personality. And yeah. he was like, okay, okay. So if I don't play the game, and I think he really, I really honestly, I felt he was thankful that I didn't play. I mean, I was still crying, but I was looking, looking at me like, you're still crying. It's your action, but okay, that's the way you react. <laughs> don't blame yourself for this. But I was not blaming him. I was not passive aggressive. I didn't become like really, I could be very, very passive aggressive. I know all of the ways probably. And if I didn't use any, all of the, any of those tools, I just let it be like it happened. Let it be. Just he's dealing with his own issues while I'm dealing with mine. So he's doing his best. It's what all I could see. And it, in the past, it could happen probably every month. Like in the very past, like many, many six, seven years ago. Yeah. That's once a year. Yeah. That's progress. Yes. And now once a year and you don't take it personally. Yes, exactly, exactly. So I don't need like three weeks to come down and... Uh, yeah. I was, we even went to, to movies in the evening. She commented, so, and it was a key. It'll probably happen even less because he feels your love. He feels yeah. you're taking it personally. Honestly, I was really, I could, maybe I'm mistaken there, but I could really, it was like as if angels were talking to me. This, the way you not taking it personally, this is his way to healing. Yeah, it is. Because he would go do this, he knows that it's not good. I mean, and then he would blame himself, and then I would be all snaky and everything, and and he would blame himself even more. And then it's the circle. Yeah, reacting to reactions. Yeah. Ah, it's wonderful to really see the progress, feel it, and what a wonderful gift for your children. It is, it is. And in the past, I would always say I would like to create a relationship which is absolutely harmonious without such things. And now I say like, well, we are somehow in this real world, in this 3D thing, and we each, each of us is healing somehow. And so these things, things happen. And I don't have to quit the relationship because it happens to him. You know? Right, right. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that. Thank you for listening. Yeah. Anyone else like to share before we? Okay, Robin. I would like to share and thank you for both of those stories. And it just feels, I can feel when I get a, a lesson. I felt it, Elena. So thank you. And I just, guys, I want to just share that um, 
two weeks ago yesterday, there was an event in my life that just could have been shattering. And I have been, because of Jennifer, because of you, because of your classes, because of all the prep or everything I've done with with Masterful Living in You um, and the, my prayer partners and my Freedom Circle and um, just the community, I have felt, I've always felt a victim, I've always felt weak and afraid, and through, I felt God's strength through coming from all of what I've just shared, everyone, and just just walking in grace through something that would have just been so horrendous and um, swallowed me up and I have been I have been experiencing the walk that I want to be living in every day and having something which felt so catastrophic happen and that me having to say there's nothing I can do I cannot do anything to make this different, and I give it over. And for for these two weeks, I have walked, I've walked above the circumstances, and had this calm, knowing every moment what to do, what to say. I haven't had to make any decisions and be like, I don't know what to do here. I was able to say, I am grateful for this opportunity, which is radical because I don't want to have anything to do with mental illness because I had a sister for 30 years who was diagnosed with schizophrenia, um, bipolar, with psychotic episodes, and... I can't, I mean, just my own insanity in the world, hers, and it was just a doubling insanity and my trying to work in the physical because I didn't know anything different. And um, my daughter-in-law had a break, and I have felt nothing but, God walking with me through all of it and the strength and just a calmness and not going down. I'm just so grateful for you guys. I'm so grateful for this class. I'm so grateful for A Course in Miracles. And I just really was walking in that space of trust and uh, knowing and all these blessings and the helpers that came forth and uh, just and just the timing uh, with everything, uh, it was just like I can do this. I mean, it was just like I I, I am open to this, and I just I I really can't um, share in a way that seems eloquent. So I I will just stop. But I just thank you all for your blessings and your prayers for anyone who 
Uh, of course, my prayer partners, as I could speak to them, I would share. And um, my little circle that text is just, usually I'm so private when a, something happens that I, I want blessings, and but I don't want to share. And the first thing I did was put a text out to the small group of uh, Freedom Circle. And they had just held me. And I've been strong, and I have had joy through the whole thing. There's just this walking in grace and knowing that God is, I am being carried, and feeling like I know exactly what to do and say. And I don't even, I didn't even have to work at it. It's just amazing. Jennifer, thank you. And thanks, everybody, for letting me share that. I really just needed to share that with you guys. And we're still in process, so I don't know. I might be missing things. I've really been out of touch. Um, The lessons are just amazing, and they are my lifeline at the moment. Yeah. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's really huge, and yet when when I I I had a I had a time where I could come home. I was staying at my son and daughter-in-law's um, house. She was hospitalized for about eight days, and they have a four and eighteen-month-old. And so you know, I basically was there for them. And my son, we had after all the stuff that happened during the day we would sit together and I could share from A Course in Miracles, which I don't tell people. I mean, even my family, I just, and he was so open and um, we could pray together and he could say, Mom, this is so helpful. This is so helpful. And I just kept reminding him that we have to turn this over and stay at peace and not go in the past and worry and not go in the future, but just stay present. And he heard me. And um, every night we sat and we came to that. It was just a sweet, deep bonding with him. And my grandchildren, who I know well, but, oh, I I was saying I want to know them better. And so I really got to know them better. And to have the baby just... Embrace me so sweetly and be um, just so comfortable. And the four-year-old, um, I don't know. It was, it was just, I enjoyed, it was funny to say I was enjoying, but there was this light, there was this joy, uh, because I could just, I would not, my sister, Christina's experience is not going to be my sister's experience because I'm seeing this differently. And whereas I worked in the physical with my sister for all those years, it really didn't work that well. And um, that's been so painful. And she's passed on. And um, 
I I feel that this is I'm like really God, <laughs> um, but I know I can feel the healing. I and I'm working in the invisible this time, and I it's just making such a difference. And I hope that this will flow over into other areas of my life, which I am sure it will. And the lessons, I mean, I feel like I went into a time warp of really going in for, like you go in to learn something really fast, like at a retreat where you just move forward. Uh, So it's been two weeks of, on one side of the coin, uh, I guess you could say hell, but I never went there. On the other side of the coin, I was experiencing heaven. And, um, yeah. And my mantra is, I am grateful for this opportunity to grow more deeply in spirit and to bring love and gratitude in every moment as best I can. And when that came up, I was like, I'm not, I can't do that. And then I'm like, yeah, you can do it. So anyway, which is, I don't do that easily, Jennifer, as you well know. So. How wonderful that you can be a support to your family in this way at such a difficult time. Yeah. There's not, and there's lots of other support. And I mean, the plus, the just the helpers came at the right time. You know, it's just, it's the blessings are innumerable. The timing, everything about it, I can see where God's hand is there. And I can say, oh, and I can say, thank you. Oh my gosh. And what is your daughter-in-law's name again? Uh, Christina. Yeah. It's still scary. I mean, I see dysfunction now where I thought she's just different. Uh, but the psychotic episodes, we, we can live with the dysfunction and I can pray about it. And I guess I can, that piece is the psychotic pieces. And I, would, I mean, they're, they're, they haven't labeled her, and they're, she, her first birth was a nightmare, um, and she went into postpartum depression or syndrome and went psychotic, and I'm, so there's something that's not known about, and I was with my prayer partner, Karen, last night, and postpartum stuff doesn't really get a lot of attention but that was the first thing that the psychiatrist said to my to Christina and to my son was that she was seeing with the history that in weaning the 18 month old these hormones start and and apparently Christina must be very vulnerable um I mean with her first birth, I don't know if it's true. My son got some information that Christina, that, that when people give birth, women, 
there's 5% that can have this postpartum syndrome. And Christina was highly in the high percentage. I don't know how anyone would figure that out. And so she had a beautiful birth experience with her second child. I wouldn't have been surprised if she hadn't have gone into postpartum, but she didn't. And I mean, the whole thing was wonderful and it has been wonderful. And we thought maybe we've gotten past any incidences, but she was weaning her 18 month old and Uh, so I'm hoping it's just the isolated having to do with with this kind of a situation that, and even if she's labeled with anything that seems horrible to me, I know not to believe in it and to only hold her in her perfection and her wholeness and love and light and all that I hold as truth. So. You know, I I work just keep that with me, no matter the appearance. So anyway, yes, that's the thing to do. Mm-hmm. And they are learning more and more about uh, hormonal challenges. Yes, I'm sure. I appreciated the psychiatrist putting that up front instead of labeling her with something else. And that just, I will say that in every step in this process, we have received the highest and best in that moment for all the different things that could have happened. And I feel it and see it, and I'm just like, and even in those times where it's like, oh, no, you know, we have received the highest and best in this ongoing outcome, and um, it just lifts me up, yeah. Yep, you know, Robin, um, sometimes this is the way in which you understand that God really is for us, mm-hmm. against us, and how powerful our mind is, and that we actually do have the capability to hold that high watch, uh, that we, we have tremendous capacity, and that it's something we can do, and we look, not only bring benefits, We've learned so much through it. Your ability, your ability to recognize the gifts that are happening every day through this is tremendous. It's such a gift that you're sharing with your family. I feel, um, you know, I keep thinking, what is my purpose? Well, for this moment, I mean, um, Karen said, you know, Rob, and you're, all of this has been so filled with ease and grace because you are serving, right? And it has felt like, yes, and it has just been so beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. I mean, it's the worst thing because I had a sister 
with mental illness and for this to come up, I mean, I had to totally surrender and just totally give it over because I'm like, I've already done this and I'm not doing that again. And so just all day long. So I I hope I can keep it. I I did take um, a helper came in and I was able to come home for um, a weekend. And the next morning when I woke up, I woke up in that default place of, um, of you know, a depression, uh, my own depression and, and dread, because it's like I had a thousand things that I could choose to do, and I was like, I just felt so disappointed because I felt like I had made a significant leap or um, moving forward, and and yet, you know, I wasn't at the house, and I wasn't knowing, well, I'm going to get up. I'm going to get the children. We're going to clothe them and feed them and play with them and all of that. And and so so I got, but I, but I said, nope. But, but it brought me back to I still have this place of unknowing that bothers me so much when I'm just not in the zone and uh, mostly that seems to be when I'm home and I, I, I am always doing things and saying yes even if I feel uncomfortable and experiencing God with me in those times. But then there's this, there's this place that I need to have a breakthrough or not, you know, I, I don't know. Well, you're calling it forward. Yeah, I am. Yes, you are. I am. It was a good shot. It was a good, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, that's a very life-changing experience. Yeah. For everyone in your family. Yeah, yeah. What a gift it is that you're offering them of your willingness and your compassionate ability to hold the high watch. Well, it, and it's 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 because what I've been learning, it's in there, and it, I don't even have to think twice. It's like, yeah, you know, and. Um, I can say that for the, I keep saying I'm going to stop talking, but I'm also nurturing myself as I nurture them. I'm taking care of myself, uh, which there's a difference uh, than just saying, yeah, I do this and resent it. I, there's no resentment at all. Um, but I can see where it's not giving to get. You know, it's a whole different ball game. I mean, I am just like in there and it feels Yes. I mean, it just is so. And so there's no poor me or I have to do this or, you know. And it's like this is my life. It's like I'm not saying, well, why is this happening and it's interrupting my life? I'm like, no, this is it. I mean, it's so sweet to just be there like that. 
It is. It's that what could you not accept if you but knew that everything was gently yeah. by one whose only purpose is your good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So thank you, Jennifer, and just thank you, everybody that has gone through this with me. You all know how it is to have your prayer partners and this community embracing you when you're um, it feels like it's a abnormally harder challenge, but uh, yeah, so thank you. Thank yeah, you thank you for your sharing, Robin. Well, thank you for giving me this time again. Rich, are you waving your hand there? No. All right. Anybody like to share? Well, and Robin, I, I know you know this, but just letting you know that we're all here to support you as you support your family. Mm -hmm. Yeah, let's just take a moment here, and I'd like to speak a word of prayer for Robin, for Christine, for their family, and we are grateful and thankful right now to call upon the company of heaven and all that is holy. We call upon the angels of healing and transformation. And we partner up once again with the higher Holy Spirit self and we call forth a, a blessing and a healing. We are grateful and thankful to know that Robin and her family have everything they need to move through this experience and claim it as an opportunity for expansion, for clarity, for healing. For every member of the family, it's something expansive, something beautiful, something healing and nurturing is occurring and it's being fully realized. What we know is that Robin's family has everything that they need for this transformation, for this healing, and that they are truly blessed now and forever. In gratitude, we share the benefits with all families. We let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 So I, I feel called for us to pick up a conversation that we were having uh, not too long ago about uh, moving to our next level of awakened awareness. And one of the things for us in this ascension pathway is to, on a daily basis, be consciously choosing awakening. Consciously choosing awakening and really putting that first. Because it's very tempting to put other things first 
including healing the body, including helping our family, including paying our bills and all the many, many things that we can put first. And what we, I would say, we've all seen is that when we are putting our willingness for healing, for expansion, for clarity first, that that's the thing that we begin to see all the time and it's always there and we're always present to it. And that's really helpful to us because then we're more likely to make the choices that will lead us along on this path of clarity and expansion. So we can, as I do, and I think I, I demonstrate it, I, I, I certainly am interested in all the creativity and the expansion of the ministry and our classes, while at the same time, my primary attention really is on my own experience of awakening. And so I, I claim my own experience of awakening through everything. And so I, I, we haven't talked about that in a while. I'd like to put that out there as a reminder that you can, and I, I really encourage you to definitely every day claim that awakening. Claim your awakening. Not just peace, not just harmony, not just the, the love of God, but the actual awakening from the dream. And so one of the things that begins to arise for all of us is we begin to really see the edges, if you will, of the dream. And I remember saying to Venerable a number of years ago, uh, I said, and this was, um, maybe right around the, the early time of my studying A Course in Miracles and saying to her, are we actually reviewing things that have already passed by? Are things happening now? Is the now also mixed in with the future and the present? Are they all simultaneously occurring? Past, present, and future. If that's what it's beginning to feel like, that they're all simultaneously occurring. She said, yes, they are simultaneously occurring. And what you may know from A Course in Miracles is there is no past and there is no future. They don't actually exist. Only the now exists. And that kind of can help us to see how the past and the future are simultaneously occurring. I, I find it very significant uh, what kinds of things are showing up in movies and television. And what I've noticed in the last couple of years is that there are more and more things about time travel showing up. Uh, I, my, uh, my nephew, he loves the show 
Well, he loves a couple of shows on the WB network. One is about the Flash, and which is a superhero who's very fast, uh, moves very fast. And then um, another one called Legends of Tomorrow, which is a, a, a group of people who have superpowers. And the, in both of these shows, they're constantly going back and forth in time. And then they're on Netflix now, there's a number of different television series where people are going back and forth in time. And um, there was a movie that I highly recommend uh, that came out quite a few years ago and the name just slipped right out of my mind. It's with Denzel Washington. It's about time bending and traveling. Somebody remember what that's called? I'll look it up. Um, I invite you to watch some of these shows uh, and see what the Holy Spirit uh, triggers in you through watching them. Because I really think that they're coming to our attention now because uh, it's helping us. These stories are helping us to understand the nature of this illusory reality and how bendable it is, how fluid it actually is, how fluid the past is. Uh, So one of the practices that's very helpful to us on this ascension pathway is our willingness to see beyond time and space and to not make this world real. And how do we actually do that? How do we stop making this world real? And still be authentic, still be present to our life and our experiences and the, the opportunities that are ours to experience and not go up into an intellectual uh, holding life at arm's length. So it's, it's, uh, it is a truly a path of mastery to be able to be present in the moment to what is transpiring while simultaneously not being hooked by it, not being triggered by it. And one of the things that will most people experience, uh, at least most of the people I talk to ex experience, they begin to feel less emotionally hooked, less emotionally engaged, and they can start to wonder, am I somehow not caring anymore? Do I now, uh, am I now losing my humanity? So being able to really look at this and talk about it and examine it and be aware of these shifts and changes that are happening in our consciousness is very helpful to us. Um, there aren't a lot of people we can always talk about these things with. So um, 
and Rich says, uh, reminds us that the movie is uh, called Deja Vu, the one with Denzel Washington. I played it on a retreat that Rich was at uh, in 2014. And um, has anybody seen that Deja Vu movie with Denzel Washington? It, it's really very good and is very thought provoking. And uh, I'll just say when I saw it, I saw it, I think on Thanksgiving Day and um, with my friend Kate and I got such chills while I was watching it. I, uh, I, it was unbelievable. And then afterwards we had to go and sit in the lobby for an hour. I really couldn't go anywhere. It affected me so strongly. It just, it, it, um, it was like an energetic shift that was precipitated by watching that movie. Not that you would have that experience too. I've never heard anybody else say they had that experience watching that movie. But sometimes there are signposts or occurrences that happen in our life that help facilitate a recalibration that we're ready to have in our consciousness. So we're, we're, now at this point where we're really calling forth these shifts in our consciousness. And so looking at the kinds of thoughts that are going to come up for us to, and, and experiences and feelings that are going to come up for us to really be aware of and not discount them and to, to see them for what they are. So what Robin is describing and Elena is describing and, um, Angela, they're, they're able to now put these experiences into a, a different perspective and not take things personally the way they would have before. What I hear in all three of their experiences is uh, that they are truly, their, their personality is not ruling the day. You know, and we, we go back and forth between this, you know, we really do. And, and that, that doesn't mean that we're failing. It, it, it actually means we're succeeding. But we can be so intentional about not being triggered in our personality and maintaining our dominion over our mind. And... Uh, So I'm, I'm going to pause there and see what, what anyone would like to share. Deb? So uh, what came up for me as I heard you talking, I, I don't know what it means when you say we see the edges of the dream. Is it, do you mean what you just, what Robin and Elena and... Angela just shared that seeing the edge of the dream, or what does that mean? Yeah, that's, a, that's an excellent question. So, uh, one of the ways I experienced uh, initially seeing the edges of the dream, meaning seeing that, oh, there's a greater reality beyond what my human experience is, 
uh, and I am actually anchored in that greater reality. That greater reality is my true reality. And this is, uh, is very much at times like watching something that's happening on a screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a screen of my mind, but I'm not identified with it anymore. It's happening. It's happening now. I am experiencing it, but I am no longer identified with it. So as we start to really realize I am not a body, then we, and I am not my personality. My personality is a construct. It's not who I am. My body is also a construct, but it's not who I am. These are vehicles that I use in my experience of this alternate reality. But it's not my true reality. It's not my home. It's not my home base. That I have the ability to mentally view what's going on without being identified with it. So it's it's almost like you start to feel like it's happening around you, but it's not happening to you anymore. You know, in a victim's life, everything is happening to them. Nothing is happening by them. It's happening to them. So we move into the awareness of things are happening. Um, I'm part of what's happening. And then it's happening by me as we shift our awareness. So seeing the edges of the dream is... um, where we see, oh, this is how I would have been hooked. Oh, this is how I would have been identified in this situation. Oh, here's where I would have started defending myself. Oh, here's where I would have started attacking. Here's where I would have ran away. Now we can actually uh, be present and be available to what's going on and observe it in a different way uh, and become the, then we can become the compassionate observer and then we can really step into being a proactively, true, truly helpful, compassionate observer. So we move through these different uh, awakening awarenesses, uh, you could call them stages of consciousness, um, and, and we move back and forth in them. You know, we don't, we don't stay in one and like, oh, we move to that level and then we're there forever, no. No. Um, I see Rich is raising his hand. Rich, you wanted to share? Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> Sorry, I, I, I undid you. Okay, I'm going to leave it alone. There you okay, go. Okay, um, <coughs> I want to comment on something that I, I listened to the uh, Kareen Zuko anxiety class, uh, and that was very helpful to me. I really enjoyed it. One thing that she said, and I think it applies, is the concept that she said, I get up every morning and tell and tell myself, and my body tells me, I'm Corrine. But one of the biggest things is to know I'm not, you know. So uh, that impressed me so much. Of the, It's a big, huge step in that direction that you have to say, you know, I'm not, I've always had that identity. I'm rich, I'm this person, but that's really not who I am. 
I can live on that stage or in that play, but that's not really who I am. And somebody asked her, well, um, I, I've done all this work. I've done all this. And I still have cancer. And she said, well, you know, healing comes in our mind. It may or may not show up in our body. And, and if it does show up, it may be delayed or it may come in a different form. But the healing is of the mind. And I'm not really this identity that I think I was. I can live out. I can live on that stage. But every morning to know that's not who I really am. So that was very helpful. I appreciate her, uh, you, you bringing her in to, to talk to us. Oh, I'm so glad. I'm so glad for that. Yeah, you know, that, that is one of the things about uh, healing uh, that we have discussed in, in some classes before where uh, in uh, the manual for A Course in Miracles, in the teacher's manual, it talks about should healing be repeated and it's really about doubt and us not having any doubt that the healing has happened even if the symptoms, the appearances persist. And that, that, that's a very high level of mental ability and emotional ability. And to be able to do it without denying how we feel, but it, it, it is, again, it's about identification. So that's, that's what the Ascension Pathway is. It's, it really is about uh, shifting identification. Of course, miracles is so helpful to us in helping us to realize that all of our problems are identity problems. Yeah, Deb. Deb, hang on. We're not hearing you, and I can't unmute you. Okay, sorry. Um, when you were talking about with Venerable the, that we're living the past, the present, and the future simultaneously, does that mean, two questions maybe, does that mean that we could potentially, I've heard of this before, but I've never quite put it together potentially living different lives at the same time, which is why we have these deja vu experiences. And then is that what is, um, lost the second piece. Well, it'll come back. So. Oh, it's about those levels of consciousness when you're. So for example, Within the last couple of weeks, I was driving down the, I was going to St. Louis an hour away. And I was having in this, in my head, I was having this full conversation with this person that I felt like I needed to have a conversation with to sort through some things. And that conversation felt as real as me driving and it was like that fly on the wall experience. You know, I'm in it, I'm seeing it simultaneously, and yet I'm seeing myself driving, and there wasn't any 
I wasn't scared of having an accident or, you know, there wasn't any loss of consciousness about the driving. And I've had other experiences lately where there's this multidimensional, what I'm calling multidimensional thing going on. Um, is that because there's more than, I mean, let's just speak to that however you want to. <laughs> yes. We're not here. So when you're driving in your car, you're not driving in your car in a certain way. That everything is transpiring in one place, one locale. It's in the mind. In the Jesus said, you know, in my father's house, there are many mansions. So I really feel that one of the best ways for us to try to comprehend what it is that we're actually experiencing is to watch a movie like The Matrix. Did you ever see that movie? I have watched it, and it's so foreign to me you know it's just maybe you watch it again with yeah when was the last time you saw it i think last year has anybody not seen it yeah okay so i i would really suggest that you watch it and um and i'll watch it again too uh, but in that movie, what's, what's happening is you've got Neo is the main character, right? The Keanu Reeves character. And he, in the beginning, he doesn't know it, but his body is not, he's not in his body. He's not having an experience in his body. His body is in a pod generating energy to feed the machines. He doesn't have any awareness of his actual body. He's just living this life of the mind inside the matrix, meaning that his mind is plugged into this computer software and he thinks he's experiencing all these things, but he's not. His mind is projected into the the matrix. It's just like he's watching a movie of his life. And he has no sense, truly no sense whatsoever, of what is his free will and what is the software. And he starts to see the edges of the dream. He starts to see the computer glitches. And he becomes curious. And, and then the, the rebel forces reach out to him. Uh, and 
he, his body is actually then disconnected from the matrix. But he can go in and out of the matrix by plugging it in back in or unplugging it according to his desire. And this is kind of like what our experience is, but of course it's reversed. Because in our reality, our body is not real. Our mind is what's real. And our body is experiencing the matrix. But our mind can be free of the matrix. So it's, it's opposite. Because it, we have to uh, be willing to accept that this is not our true reality. And as we're willing to accept that, we stop trying to manage and control it. And that's when our liberation really begins because we realize our liberation is at the level of the mind and that we don't have to try to control the situations and circumstances of our life, that that is not the fastest path to happiness, to success, to fulfillment, to being helpful, to anything worth having. Hmm. And so in order to do that, we have to have uh, an ever-increasing level of trust and faith in God that we don't need to control everything anymore. But we do need, in a set, in, but we, it is very, very helpful for us to be very clear about what we'd like. Very, very clear about what we'd like. And so that, that's a whole nother level, as you all know, of growth and transformation to be able to desire the, the full experience of freedom in the mind and in the heart and in the body without attachment and really calling forth the highest and best for everyone. And there's so much resistance to awakening because we've created this reality in our mind and we're very attached to it and laboring to manage it and to control it and to make meaning of it. And to let all of that go seems like, oh, well, we're going to let go of the people we care about. We're going to let go of our relationships. We're going to lay the body down and, and die or uh, disappear, explode in a ball of light. You know, there's a lot of fear about uh, all of these things. So what I'm really feeling called for us now is to look at some of these uh, aspects of our awakening journey and to do it together. And so I, what I'm encouraging you to do right now in your life is to become hyper aware of when you're observing and when you feel hooked in and identified with what your experiences are and to begin to really see that you can decide to be hooked in 
or to be the observer. And actually, if you can move into the observation with love and compassion, without judgment, that's the key, with love and compassion, without judgment and without identification with what's going on, then you can be that instrument for God that um, Hewlett talks about in Zero Limits when he says, when your consciousness is at that, that empty state, that zero state, then you can really be the servant of God because you can either be expressing the desire of your heart for beauty, for perfection, for wholeness, or you can perceive what is the highest and best uh, choice to make, vision to hold, action to take uh, that will bring benefit to everyone. But if we're identified with uh, someone who's uh, got problems and we're trying to manage and cope with it, we can't do that. We're not at zero state. So cultivating the ability to more and more rest in this zero state. And one of the things my, my big point that I would like to make today is we can start to feel like we're becoming dysfunctional because we don't seem to care like we used to. Things don't bother us like they used to, so it's almost like we don't care anymore. You know, I should be really, really upset by this, but I'm not. Maybe I don't care anymore. No, it's it's just that we're we have a different we're not identified with with the body in the same way, so we don't we're not getting triggered into these uh, emotional um, outbursts. Okay, I know we're at time here, Sean and then Linda. It's really interesting that we're having this conversation now because while I was on the call today, I received a call from one of my best friends about another one of our friends who I mentioned in Facebook the other day that's transitioning, and last night he went into a coma. And I wasn't sure if I should raise it right now. Um, because he's probably never going to wake up. He has liver cancer. And um, as I'm sitting here, I'm thinking, wow, I'm pretty cold. I'm not crying. I'm not upset about it. But I realized that, um, you know, and this is our first friend. We're 53 years old, and I think this is the first friend that something like this has really happened to. And I, I just am wondering, you know, am I observing it? Or, or you know, I kind of felt cold not to raise it while we're talking right now. I don't even know why I'm bringing it up. It just seems like I'm looking at it as an observer as opposed to feeling the feelings. And, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but I don't know. I don't even know why I'm raising it. I just feel really upset that he's transitioning right now and he doesn't have family and he has us as his friends. And his brother came in from Thailand and wanted him to sign some paperwork. And I don't know. It's just the whole thing is weighing on my mind right now and, and I just want to be the right I want to do the right thing I guess and 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 not be judgmental and 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 help him with his transition into 
the next peaceful life, I guess. I don't know. So I'm just raise, raising it right now, and, and it's just making me think a lot. I really can't focus on the call today, but um, that's what's going on in my mind. And I figured if I raised it now, we can maybe say a prayer for him or something because it's happening right now as we speak. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm, I'm glad you brought it up, Sean. What is his name? His name is Michael. Okay. And we've been friends with him since kindergarten. My friend Mitchell and I have been like close with him since kindergarten. Yeah, that's a major life change for all of you. Yeah. Yeah, we'll definitely uh, pray with you and for Michael and you and Mitchell uh, at, at the end here. Uh, and you know, when someone we love is transitioning, we, we can have all kinds of judgments come up. So many judgments can come up about what should or shouldn't happen, what should or shouldn't be. And we can feel very sad for our seeming loss. And we can also have all kinds of regret or resentment. All kinds of things can come up. But I would say to you, Sean, that in my experience of you, I do believe that you have an awareness that what lies beyond is not, uh, that it's liberation. Yeah, it's definitely got to be better than what he's going through now. That's for sure. Yeah. It's been a rough couple months. Yeah. So to be able to go into a coma and not be in that suffering anymore is a blessing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah, God bless you. And him as well. Yes, definitely. <laughs> Linda? Well, uh, first I want to thank Sean for sharing that. And um, I've been thinking about Michael and you. So thank you. Um, I just was thinking about something that happened um, just over the last few hours that where I was feeling like being that observer mind. Um, I've been driving Rudy around since his eye surgery to work and everything. And um, he informed me last night that he had an eye doctor appointment this morning. And I had already made uh, plans to meet a friend at a coffee shop that I didn't know where the coffee shop was. And um, so I could notice how my my mind went to... Um, wait a minute, what about what I wanted to do? And then I went, well, I'll just have to call my friend and cancel it. And then I went, no, I don't have to do that. I can take him to his appointment. His appointment was at 820. Um, I'm supposed to meet my friend at nine. 
And I'm just going to trust that God has this. I'll let her know just in case I'm late or whatever. I'm just going to trust that God has this. And I'm going to release the control and all of the meaning that I'm making of it. And, um, and so I, you know, I didn't like lash out to Rudy about, you know, not telling me to the last minute that he had a doctor appointment this morning. And I didn't make a big deal of it. And um, nor did I go into the, what I would have in the past, just, you know, oh, forget it. I'm just going to cancel it. I, I stayed with that thing that felt like it was something that was uh, nourishing to me, was to meet with my friend. And um, so uh, I took him to his eye doctor's appointment and I brought my mastery journal with me. So I was writing in that while I was waiting for him. And it turns out that um, where his eye doctor's appointment is, is like four blocks away from where he works. And right in between the two is where the coffee shop was. And <laughs> even five minutes late. <laughs> wow. But it was, it was just, it was something so simple, but something that I was like, holy cow, you know, this could be happening all the time. If I would just let go of what I think it should be like or what, you know, what my personality wants to, what patterns it wants to go into, um, you know, whether it's the victim mode, what about me, whether it's the martyr, yeah, I guess I just won't do it. You know, if I can just let go of all that bullshit and just, you know, have trust and faith that God's got this. This wouldn't have come up if it wasn't for a purpose. And let's just go with the flow. So um, I'm grateful for that observer mind. And I'm willing to let it come more and more often. Yeah. Yep. That's beautifully said, Linda. I certainly can very much relate to exactly what you're talking about. And this is the thing is seeing these choice points. And then choosing what it is you actually would like to experience and being willing to move out of the familiar and into the unfamiliar. Mm -hmm. You know, so it does take strength and courage to make these new choices. Yeah. And uh, it's powerful. It's very, very powerful. Yeah. And even on the way to driving him to work, because um, he knows I have dance class on Tuesdays and Thursdays. And I said to him, are you going to be able to get out of work early enough so I can pick you up and still make it to dance class? And uh, on our way to the eye doctor's appointments, he's like, I don't know, I'll have to let you know. And I was like, I just didn't even say anything. I didn't say a darn thing. But before we got to um, when I dropped him off at work, he's like, I'll just be ready at 430. You can come pick me up. So I didn't have to say anything about, wait a minute, you know, I have dance class on, you know, I didn't have to say a thing. <laughs> it's so cool when I can do that. Yes. More of that, please. <laughs> exactly. That's true freedom. Yeah. yeah. And it comes from allowing ourselves to have more and more experiences where we are supported. Mm -hmm. so, and, and that happens when we let go of the attack thoughts. That's how it works. Yeah. Beautiful. 
<sighs> All right. Wonderful. Well, let's let's pray for ourselves. Let's pray for Michael and Mitchell and for all in our lives, for Christine. So grateful and so thankful to enter into this sacred temple of the heart right now. So grateful to join together in our true reality as spiritual beings, knowing that everything works together for our good and the good of all in each and every moment without exception. So grateful and so thankful to give up making exceptions. So grateful and so thankful to stand in the opening, awakening awareness and to celebrate our life in God, our eternal life in God. So grateful and thankful to partner up with the higher Holy Spirit self and to call forth a clear awareness of the highest and best unfolding for everyone. Grateful to surrender our thoughts of how it should be, how it has to be, how it might be, or all the fears and thoughts of what it should be or shouldn't be. We're letting all of that be healed by the Holy Spirit. We are willing to stand in the eternal truth of our being and to be identified with our own higher Holy Spirit self. We are grateful and thankful to choose this awakening, this liberation. And we know the same for Matthew and Mitchell, or rather Michael and Mitchell in their experience of Michael's transition, knowing that he is transitioning with ease and with grace. We call forth a blessing of, of love and ease and grace for everyone in Michael's life. Peace, peace in the mind, peace in the heart, that all worries and concerns dissolve and resolve permanently back to the root cause, that there is a miraculous healing that's unfolding. We're calling it forth, we're accepting it, and we're allowing it. This is what I know for Sean and her friends, that the healing is happening now. We are grateful and thankful to accept all the healing that is ours to receive and to share the benefits with everyone. In gratitude, we let it be. And so it is. Amen. 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 Yes. Thank you so much. Yeah. You're welcome, Sean. Thanks for including us. Thank you for being here. Yeah. Well, God bless you all. Bye. Enjoy your movies. <laughs> mm -hmm.